You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to this week's episode of Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is hosted by me, Joe Hakeem, and I'm joined by Nick Britsky of Nick Drinks, Jason Leinert of the Detroit Optimist Society, and Vato of the Hungry Dudes. We are joined each episode by workers, leaders, and analysts of the hospitality industry. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like or dislike what you hear, write a review. We love hearing from our listeners. You can visit Herd at HerdPodcast.com, follow Herd on Twitter and Instagram at HerdPodcast, and like Herd Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and now here's this week's episode of Herd. Hello, friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Tonight, um, I have two folks with me. One is going to function essentially as a special co-host. She's been a guest of the show before, Sagan Isham. Hi. Sagan, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. And we also have local bartenders, Melanie Mack. Melanie, thanks for being with us. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, the, uh, the issue at hand um, is one that we have not talked about at all in this podcast, and I, and I don't think it gets enough attention um, in general, given the pervasiveness of it in, in the hospitality industry. We're going to talk about sexual harassment today. Um, now, as a white guy, a privileged white guy, I felt it was um, probably not my place to lead a discussion on this topic, um, which is why I called on Sagan. And this this top, the reason we're talking about this is because of a Facebook post that Melanie did um, about a month ago, yeah, roughly. Yeah, a month ago. Um, so the, the sexual harassment is pervasive and I'm going to, I'm going to start, um, by reading just the act, the true definition of how sexual harassment is viewed by the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. This is kind of long. Bear with me. Um, it's unlawful to harass a person, an applicant or employee because of that person's sex. Harassment can include sexual harassment or unwelcome sexual advances, requests for sexual favors and other verbal and physical harassment of a sexual nature. Harassment does not have to be of a sexual nature, however, and can include offensive remarks about a person's sex. For example, it is illegal to harass a woman by making offensive comments about the about women in general. Both victim and harasser can be either man, woman or man, and the victim or and harasser can be of the same sex. Uh, although the law uh, does, doesn't prohibit simple teasing, offhand comments, or isolated incidents that are not very serious, harassment is illegal when it is so frequent or severe that it creates a hostile or offensive work environment, or when it results in an adverse employment decision, such as the victim being fired or demoted. The harasser can be the victim's supervisor, a supervisor in another area, a coworker, or someone who is not an employee of an, of an employer, such as a client or customer. So that's the definition, right? Um, one of the things that I think is important, I think where we should start, is this idea of um, a hostile, that this behavior creates a hostile or offensive work environment. Now, I think... Maybe we should start. Have either of you been in a position of working w- under a hostile? And we're not going. Oh, one thing, one ground rule for this whole discussion: we are not going to name names. We're not going to name places. Okay. Yep. So if you're listening, this is this is for educational purposes. We're not trying to call anybody out. We're just trying to um, 
shed light on an issue that needs light shed on it. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so l- let's talk, start there with the work environment. I know I personally have many times <laughs> from the time I started working when I was you know 16 until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what does that mean? Um, I think it's advances that uh, are unwelcomed. Uh, one of my first restaurant jobs I worked in was a little mom and pop place. And I had to wear a wedding ring on my finger. I was 17 and a half, 18 years old. Just advances from men, um, ha- you know, t- more than half my, more than twice my age. So um, it's just, it's just frustrating. So wait, the the wedding ring on your finger. So that was something that was suggested to you or something you did on your own? Something I did on my own. I did that as well. I was a um, shot girl at a nightclub and wore a fake wedding ring all the time just so nobody would try and approach me or try and hit on me. And I was like, oh, sorry, I'm taken. I wasn't. I was young and just wanted to avoid confrontation with men who wouldn't listen and take no for an answer. (laughs) Unfortunately, it didn't work all that often. No, same <laughs> it didn't work very often. <laughs> so, so there's this. Um, so another quote that I pulled from from an article about restaurant harassment in general, um, and, and you guys can um, talk about this as well. So, one reason sexual harassment in this industry is less visible is that low wage workers are often those who experience the brunt of sexual harassment in restaurants. A customer is always right mentality mm-hmm. combined with tip-based roles that require workers to remain pleasant and compliant can lead to harmful outcomes for some workers. Yeah. I would agree. Mm-hmm. So, but, oh, okay, all right. I, I, yeah, okay, we can agree with that. But this customer, customer is always right notion, when a customer is being awful, mm-hmm. how are they still right? I think it depends a lot on, on your management crew that you have. Some, I think in my experience, some managers are customers always right. It doesn't matter. But I've also had managers who take the opposite approach. And though the customer may be right, they will do everything in their power to protect the staff from any sort of harassment or unwanted things like that. So I think for, for me personally, it's a little bit of both. You, you have those people who are going to say, yes, the customer is right. It doesn't matter. And, you know, kind of let the, the, worker take the brunt of it and i think a good manager would step in alleviate the situation remove the person from the situation because there's no getting around that you just have to get the person out of your building in my experience do you agree i Uh, do agree. yeah um so the one of the stats i i also read through is that 90 percent of women in the industry which is i'm not laughing at that it's just so overwhelming and then also um 70 percent of men um report some level of sexual harassment mm-hmm. now i don't want to I, I don't i'm not trying to like say guys you know you get mm-hmm. you get it too that's not that's not the point of this because mm-hmm. i don't think um i think the 90 percent is <laughs> where we should focus because that means only 10 percent uh, a mere fraction don't report that and mm-hmm. chances are those 10 percent have probably been harassed or just not saying it right, right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Why is this so like, why is it swept under the rug? What, what, what else about this industry? Because it's not just the, the mentality of the customer is always right, mm-hmm. because that only is the customer. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's people we're working with. So what's, what's the story? <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. Where do we, this could take more than an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to yell at you, sir. I don't, my sure. experience is a lot different, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people misuse their power in restaurants and bars. Um, a lot of people that are elevated to those positions may not have a whole lot of experience. 
And they might not have worked in a scenario where there is alcohol and sometimes drugs involved. So that coupled with um, the hierarchy of having like a manager versus like an employee, I think that kind of can, can become like problematic for a lot of people. They don't know how to like differentiate the two without making advances towards someone. I think too, there's a, and maybe I've thought about this way too much, but women have just been conditioned from the beginning of time mm-hmm. to not speak up and to apologize, right. no matter the situation. And I think in restaurants specifically, because you have this mentality that the customer is always right, that women in a role in the industry just maybe, okay, I better not say anything and upset anybody. And it's better just to let it roll off your back because women right. are freaking resilient. Right. And they deal with a lot of shit all the time and don't say anything. Uh-huh. So I think that part of, you know, just culture in general bleeding into the restaurant industry is probably why more women don't speak up about it. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe a lot of it has to do with toxic masculinity, uh-huh. <laughs> um, fragile male egos. Uh-huh. I think a lot of those things kind of are catalysts for these. And it's a lot about a, a power struggle, mm-hmm. especially in power when we're talking about like manager to employee kind of harassment it's all about a power struggle they want to make you feel like you know you need them to to have their job or their your job or some sense of security in that which isn't necessary but it happens more often than not right. whether it's direct superior or a different person in the restaurant that maybe has a position above you in my experience it happens quite often yeah and i, I don't i wish there was a better reason why but in my mind that's all i could really come up with anytime it happens i'm like you know and it's a delicate balance you either yeah, I'm going to just let this one roll off or I'm going to make a big deal about it and I'm going to say something. But then you risk everything. You risk right. losing your job. Your you reputation. Risk, yep. People at work being upset with you about uh-huh. it. Um, friendships you may have there. And then if it has anything to do with the customer end, you know, there might be a regular that everyone else just laughs off their, you know, inappropriate jokes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is not okay. And, you know, you, it's a really, really delicate balance. And a lot of people... I think in my experience anyways, in management positions that don't handle it correctly, just don't know what to do. There's lack of training in that area. I think mm-hmm. in a lot of restaurants could really, really benefit from proper HR training and like how to even just like from manager to employee, how to talk to your female employees the correct way mm-hmm. or even male. You know what I mean? We're not just talking about women, but uh-huh. mostly. So I think that would help a lot. Um, but yeah, I think it's just an, an issue with our society and culture in general that Women can be talked to however they want. And I think in the last couple of years, that's kind of changed and the narratives are changing and people are realizing, oh, maybe I shouldn't say that or we shouldn't talk about those things. Um, but it still happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Is there some sense that within, so you mentioned a mom and pop place that you worked at where mm-hmm. you had to wear a wedding, a wedding ring, um, that th- these small businesses just, I think you kind of referred to this, like they just don't know what to do. And, and like, um, a lot of small businesses, you know, at least I know from, from like a, uh, from a management perspective is like, we can't necessarily like HR training is done by us. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we do our best. We, we, we have a handbook and we, and we do stuff like that, but like we don't have like a true HR person mm-hmm. yeah. leading the charge because that's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But and, even if the person leading the charge is a respectful, decent human that respects everybody knows how to <clears throat> excuse me, talk to people. I think that too is just it doesn't have to necessarily be a professional, but somebody that is level headed and grounded and understands that this is something that has to be dealt with in every single restaurant and throughout our industry or, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a bakery, restaurant, bar, it doesn't matter. It's just something that everybody who has employees should take into consideration to really value 
that your employees are important. Without your employees, you don't have a business and you don't want to alienate these people or piss them off or make them upset. So I think that some sort of training, I don't know what that is, but you know, just, just, and just, and also being aware that it exists. Cause a lot of people want to act like it doesn't exist right. and it does. It's swept under the rug very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the things that really bothers me about this is that the, the courage it takes for someone to come forward about an issue like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then to be, because th- there had to have been something like over the course of time, over and over again happening where now it's, it's swept under the rug for a reason, right? People weren't believed. Mm-hmm. Um, no, not, I, I don't, I, I'm not even going to try to say a percentage, but the vast majority of people aren't coming forward just to fuck with someone's life. Mm-hmm. They're coming forward because they're, they're in massive distress. Yep. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you even have the, how do you bring up the courage to even do, to do this? That's a tough one. Um, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question necessarily, but I think, um, something that I've experienced in, in a lot of recent months is, um, women coming forward to me in private messages and telling me different experiences that they've had. Um, they don't feel comfortable coming forward because of the repercussions, maybe losing their job, maybe their reputation being, um, tarnished or, you know, the flip side is that they're not going to be believed. So, there's kind of this underground movement of women kind of letting other women know of people that they should steer clear of. Um, that's so important. Yeah. It's so important that women have that kind of network and believe one another. And right. they know that they can account on other women. That's like when I see, uh, not to be sexist in any way, but when I see a woman manager, I have just so much more respect and no offense to the guys I know that manage. Some of them do a really great job, but it takes a lot more to be a woman in that role. Right. And to really be able to listen and to help, but yeah, that network of women is so important. Sorry, I just interrupted you. Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Well, and in your experience too, I'm I'm curious. Like mm-hmm. when you started working in the hospitality interest industry till mm-hmm. now, do you think it's gotten worse? Has it gotten better? Has there like with the way that society is moving now, and more women are being believed and feeling comfortable coming forward? Are you getting more of those messages now? And everyone's kind of like letting go <laughs> like everyone's just like uh yeah lifting it off themselves which is nice yeah i do feel like um it's a small step to get those messages but also it's kind of a big deal because they feel comfortable enough with me to share that information um i've made posts in the past about different um hospitality related um instances and while they don't feel comfortable publicly posting they feel more comfortable sending messages um and then having me spread the word kind of within the community um, about who they should and shouldn't, you know, support or be careful around, be careful yeah. around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, since being in the hospitality industry, um, things have gotten better to a certain degree. But then you kind of pull in like our local administration and the whole like notion of you can do whatever you want to women Mm -hmm. so that's kind of perpetuating this toxic masculinity that we're dealing with right now yeah absolutely yeah are you referring to like the the presidential yes okay yeah yeah that that yeah that that whole thing yeah that isn't helping his his rhetoric is not helping women at all (laughs) if anything it's just making them more angry but i where he isn't helping women directly i do feel like it's 
sparking something in women to become more connected, to mm-hmm. reach out to one another, to look mm-hmm. out for one another more, which maybe hasn't really happened in the past, at least in my experience growing up. I mean, and I feel like I even come from a place of privilege this because I'm a, a white girl who has whatever she needs in front of her. Like, I'm not queer or femme or any of these, you know, I'm not a person mm-hmm. of color. So, like, I'm experiencing this in a totally different aspect, too. So, uh-huh. it's really interesting to hear your side of this, too. I love that. But I do think it's really, as much as I don't like our president and the way he talks about women, I think it's cool to see that the way that women have reacted to him and they feel strong and powerful for once and mm-hmm. feel like no matter what this man says – that they're going to find a way to protect other women. I think that's the only positive that comes out of that, really. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't it's, I, 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 I'm so astonished by that. 90%. That is such a high number. It is. Yeah. Like, I would have guessed 70 for women, but 90. Yeah. That and like, and how many of those still aren't talking? I, my guess is honestly, it's probably 100. <laughs> percent I would think so too. Yeah, and, and this is from a um from a Harvard Business Review article. Um. And there's it's, this is part of a longer quote, so I'll, just, I'll read this quote too to kind of this will, and this will be the end of my reading for for the for the <laughs> evening. Um, more sexual harassment claims in the United States are filed in the restaurant industry than in any other, where as many as ninety percent of women, seventy percent of men, reportedly experience some form of sexual harassment. There are several factors that make restaurant employees particularly susceptible to sexual harassment. First, men make up the majority of the management and higher paying roles in the U.S. restaurant industry. Yeah. A typical frontline restaurant employee is young, female, and working for a male manager. 71% of restaurant servers nationwide are women, making an average of $15,814 a year. Women, particularly women, particularly minority women, are often placed in jobs with lower status and are more likely to be hired for lower paying segments like quick serve and family style than for higher paying segments like fine dining. This difference in power can create an environment where sexual harassment is tolerated ignored or normalized because employees do not feel comfortable confronting others about their inappropriate behavior. The industry's high turnover rate, 70% annually, can also contribute to this culture as targets of harassment are likely to leave before making any complaints. And I want to, where this ends, I want to, I want to go back to you guys' experience of sexual harassment. Have you, have you brought it up or have you just left? In, in other jobs, have has have you been in a job where sexual harassment has taken place and you just left instead of bringing it up? Um, personally, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and what what made you just leave instead of was there was this uphill battle that you couldn't win? Um, I would say it was a bunch of different factors, but ultimately, um, I didn't feel comfortable coming forward with some things. Like, um, for instance, I had a customer one time reach across the bar and put his finger at my belly button. Mm. Um, no, no, it was no. Wait, not what? only. Yeah. I was by myself in the bar. Um, It was a really slow night. It was just me and one other patron. And he had been drinking, probably had two and a half beers, was sitting at the edge of the bar and without any, you know, provocation, just leaned across the bar and stuck his finger in my belly button. And he called it trying to tickle me. And so inappropriate. I didn't even have time to react. (laughs) So I, you you know, that's gross it's yeah. ridiculously gross i don't even under okay yeah <laughs> so, so wait you just left that job instead of bringing that up i did did you feel like you couldn't bring that up or that it was quote-unquote silly to bring it like is it did you feel like you were overreacting like management maybe wouldn't take you seriously i'm like why is that a big deal is that why you didn't bring it up or um it wasn't that i thought management wouldn't take it seriously i just Felt more comfortable leaving that job just for other factors. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. 
but I didn't ever bring it up to um, my management at the time. Okay. But it was extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I kind of froze in the situation because I didn't know what to do. And we had a thumper back there, which is a giant wooden bat, essentially. Mm -hmm. And my first reaction after the fact of like kind of coming out of shock was like, man, I should just like smack this guy in the head with the thumper. (laughs) See how he feels. (laughs) Tickle him with it. Yeah, tickle him with the thumper. (laughs) But um, yeah, that's that's one of many instances of guests kind of going over the edge and feeling super comfortable when they shouldn't. Well, now outside of the guest experience, have you ever had the same or a similar experience with like a manager or someone in power above you like that just was inappropriate or Thanks. harassing? Thankfully, I haven't. Um, the most uncomfortable thing I ever had happen via a manager was uh, we had a manager used to throw ice chips down our shirts oh, God. when we were working. And that was, you know, I was 22. Yeah. So I didn't view that as sexual harassment at the time, but looking back on it. But isn't it crazy how you're conditioned as a young woman working in the industry mm-hmm. to just tolerate so much bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> was he throwing ice chips down? Everyone. Sh- no. <laughs> See? No. <laughs> so yeah. it's not Definitely everyone then. Not, not everyone. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not equal opportunity. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> um, and have you and, and to the same token too? Have mm-hmm. you ever been in a job where you brought it to management where there was an issue and like did that play out in any particular way? Um, I haven't come forward with a lot of things yeah. that I've dealt with in the past. It's hard. It is hard. And no, and it's it's crazy. And I I recently have been dealing with this personally and like how to have these conversations and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And even from a management perspective, it's mm-hmm. like. It's gut wrenching. It's hard. Right. You don't know how the manager will react or whether you'll still have a job or the right. other person will, whatever that may be. But yeah, it's, it's tricky, tricky subject. What, yeah. Um, okay. So hypothetically, you, you come forward, um, with an issue. The, the, is, is, is a manager who's overseeing this or, or like mediating the situation. Um, th- there's a concern that both people will lose their job or just, just the female or, or like what, what's the, I think uh, in the most women's head, they fear that they will lose their job. They'll right. not be believed and they'll be fired because they're not being believed and causing drama at work or something. At least in my experience, that's been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think may, and, and it could be both. It could be, I think that maybe some people are afraid both people will get fired. And, you know, and even when you, when you come forward about sexual harassment, you're not, aren't necessarily seeking the other person to lose their job. Right. You just want them to act correctly and behave right. like a human <laughs> and not treat you or talk to you like crap. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Honestly, I do. I think it's a fear of losing their job, getting the other person in trouble. And then again, like gossip in a restaurant is just a nightmare anyways. Right. And especially when it's a, a younger staff and that's just gonna, you know, people are going to start rumors and things like that. It's, it's a lot of protecting your own you know, identity and your own reputation by not coming forward most right. of the time. Which so, is sad that we have to even talk about that in the terms of like protect yourself and what other people think of you is more important than somebody treating you crappy. Yeah. And being shitty to you. It's a crazy that that's just the norm. You guys have, uh, you have three restaurants, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So um, do you have someone kind of overseeing we, HR. Yeah, we have a, we have an HR woman at our restaurant group. Um, and we also, I think our managers and owners are really, really kind and respectful and anything like that is brought forward. It's definitely like looked into. 
it's discussed with multiple people, not just men, because we do have like, I would say 50% men and women managers in our group, okay. um, which is a nice advantage. Um, but I do mm-hmm. think like we take those things seriously. We would, you know, get everybody's side of the story. We'd watch videotapes if we have to figure it out. And then there'd be disciplinary action to pace, depending on like what actually, you know, the se- severity of what the situation was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, it's all kind of different, but I've been at a job before where a guy's called a server a bitch and gotten fired, like a, a barback called the server a bitch and got fired. I'm like, good for you. Like you can't talk to people like that, right. whether you're a woman or not. Right. And I've also been in situations where worked in a place and a woman has said something nasty to a man and she's been fired. So it's all about just respect for one another. And I think, you know, I, I, again, it happens more often for women than men, but I do think that it's really important to have these conversations just so people know, because like sometimes like the guy at the bar who's trying to tickle your belly button yeah. is so inappropriate. Yeah. Though I, we are like jarred by that, like how wildly inappropriate he might have gotten away with that before and thought that was okay. You know, Absolutely. and so it's, and these conversations have to happen for people to know their boundaries, to know what is acceptable and what's not. And it seems so common sense to most of us. Like, hey, you can't do that. Hey, you can't say that. It's mm-hmm. it's not okay. But for I, in my experience, I'm sure you guys probably feel the same way in like working in this industry. Common sense is not so common. <laughs> yeah, and and I want I want to talk about that because you know I I've been thinking about this, um, Melanie, ever since I reached out to you about uh, scheduling this, and mm-hmm. um, it's been you know making me uneasy to, to even to, to to do this um and, and to to have this episode and, and to uh part of the reason why is I keep going back to this thought that when you look at the definition and it says a pervasive. You know, making an environment pervasively uncomfortable, right? The word pervasive is important because it means that it's happening more, more than once Mm -hmm. and often. Mm -hmm. If someone tells you no, if you do something once, right? And, and, you know, even let's make it really kind of innocuous. You ask someone out, right? Right. And Mm -hmm. they say no. And you're like, okay, cool. Just thought I'd ask. See you later, right? That's how I imagine a lot of, at least in my my mind, how it would go, right? Mm-hmm. But what this definition tells me is that someone comes forward and says something to you, and you're like, no, you know, you being you, you being a woman, right? Mm-hmm. No, and the guy's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna ask you a different way, mm-hmm. and then you say no again, and, and then ten like, other roundabout ways for the same question, <laughs> right? <laughs> where do we learn that behavior? Where is that behavior learned? That's a great I, I question. Mean, and I, I, I honestly, like, if you were to, if you were to, let's let's make this really simple, right? So if you go, to, you come to my bakery, right, and you say, "I want a donut," I don't sell donuts. Oh, okay. Um, what what about? And then you name another kind of donut. Mm-hmm. I still Crawlers. don't sell donuts. <laughs> yeah, a crawler, favorite. right? Yeah, a crawler. <laughs> right? I still don't sell donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and no matter how often you ask me for different donuts, I'm not going to magically make a donut appear. Yeah, right. So. I don't even know if that makes any sense in terms of it does. Oh, it does. You know, comparatively, <laughs> that but um, the, the, I don't understand. You know, like I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And how do we explain? I hate it? to tie everything back to toxic masculinity, but I think it starts with the young men. You know, in, in the movies they watch and mm-hmm. the way that certain characters are portrayed in movies, TVs, video games, whatever. It's like this this macho. I get whatever I want, and I can, if I want you, I can have you. Right. And if I want this from you, I will find a way to get it from you, whether you say yes or no. And it's all again that like the power struggle, and it's so delicate, especially being on the female side of it. 
how to say no. Because sometimes you say no and the reaction is violent. It's violent. And so, right. you know, it's like you have to kind of tiptoe around a polite way to say no, mm-hmm. which this is another thing that pisses me off to no end. It's like women are constantly, constantly, constantly taught how to be nice instead of prioritizing how to feel safe and right. how to be safe and be protected, which is bullshit. Like, why? It is bullshit. Why do you have to be nice? Yeah. And the guy pokes your belly button, hit him in the head with a bat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but, <laughs> right. but, and again, like, that's just like the way we are conditioned right. is just to, to be quiet or not be too loud. You know, all these, all these little things. But I did, I definitely think it has to do with how men are raised. And I think it's, it's interesting having this conversation too, especially uh, people our age, because mm-hmm. you have a child. I don't know if you have any kids. I, I don't, don't, but I would like some one day. And I think about that a lot. I'm like, how would I, ra- if I had a boy, how would I raise my son to be super, super respectful of women always? I think you can tell when a man is raised by a matriarch too. Yes. Yes. Um, just their tone is different. Mm-hmm. Um, they're way more respectful. They're more, um, apt to listening. Yes. Um, there's like a kindness in their eyes. It's mm-hmm. very subtle, but yeah. it speaks volumes. Absolutely. But yeah. uh, okay, so so I agree with that. But if you're standing behind a bar and you're waiting on so, you, you have a customer, mm-hmm. h- how do you gauge that right? You can't gauge that right away. No, you, no. right. Mm-mm. So so th- this instant this incident with with the belly button to go mm-hmm. back to it, there is no way in hell you could have ever imagined. That this, that would have happened. No. I, I don't think, right? No, I definitely didn't see it coming. And, and these stories of you know, in some of the some of the articles I've read, like men just reaching over and just grabbing, like mm-hmm. grabbing across the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, there was one story. Uh, I, I don't know. It wasn't a specific restaurant, but it was um a story where a waitress was um asking if they wanted dessert and the 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 uh the response was oh are you on the menu cuz you look yummy like oh, that's gross. cringe gross like it wasn't any, i mean this is just like a national article i don't know where it came from it doesn't that doesn't matter right. um but again like <laughs> there there's this old um uh, spoken word uh piece by Henry Rollins and he he it, talks about how the world would be a much different place if women um, were just able to carry guns everywhere and he posits this this thought of this woman walking by a construction site and the and the guy is saying hey baby you know look at you mm-hmm. and the woman's like oh yeah look at me and she pulls out a gun and shoots him right yeah. and like shuts him up right away right and that's incredibly violent but also uh-huh. um Rollins also says like what woman is ever like oh yeah, I want to. I, w- I want that. Yeah. Right. What's the success rate for men on this like inappropriate behavior at a bar or exactly. a restaurant? Like, I'm I'm so curious. <laughs> Can your next podcast be like a bunch of gross dudes and we have yeah. to name names? <laughs> it's all anonymous. One, two, three, four, and ask them what the success rate is. Because I'm, right. I'm I'm I'd be shocked if it ever worked. And I feel like it's so it happens so much more when women are younger, which makes yeah. me even more angry because. Like, you can't prey on young women like that, right. but it happens all the time. It happens all the time. And that's what I worry about is like the next generation oh God, of servers, bartenders, hospitality groups mm-hmm. um, coming into the city is how are we going to set in motion something that protects these younger women yeah, um, and men? How do we move forward in a way that they can feel safe in the workplace and not feel this uh, overwhelming pressure to keep things that happen to them to themselves right yeah and and that has a lot to do with it too because i think that sharing when something happens to you and you you have been harassed in any way like sharing your experience is part of the healing like you have to be able to talk about it to move past it and for a lot of young women who just 
you know, brush it off and keep it inside. I think that maybe later it just bubbles up and boils over. Like it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Right. And having to deal with that constantly on day in, day out, I don't even know how, how it, it can affect somebody's brain, but I imagine there's probably long-term effects there as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th- there's over the past year, we had the Larry Nasser mm-hmm. case come up, come up at MSU. Right. So, so that, that was what, like 20, 20 years of, of abuse. Yeah. Roughly th- with hundreds of, of girls. Um, and then there's been other, you know, the Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it, it's all over. Um, it, it very frustrating. The, the the Me Too movement has become almost a, a negative. There's some men using it as a negative, like, oh, I got Me too Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, that that's you didn't. Yeah. Uh, you, you just had what you got called out, got called out. Right. Yeah. And it's the same thing. I think about like, you know, everyone talks about cancel culture right now and how it's just this t- negative thing. Why does it have to be negative, especially when we're speaking about sexual assault and sexual harassment? Mm-hmm. If you have done this to somebody, you deserve to be called out. You should be wearing a flag on your back to let everybody know. Right. You know what I mean? Like there has to be these protections in place for women <clears throat> to be able to walk around and feel safe and know who to avoid or, you know, what to do. But I do think they should be called out. I think that the Me Too movement is powerful and I hate that it's got that, you know, kind of negative, negative connotation yeah. and people joke about it. Like, oh, right. Me Too. Like, it's not a fucking joke. People right. deal with this shit every day and they deal with it a lot worse than you could ever imagine. Right. So I think it's all about being kind and being gentle and just respecting people. Mm-hmm. But, but I these all worked up about this guy. Well, Sorry, but, but, that's okay. <laughs> so, so here's the other side of it, and this has a lot to do with with the current administration, as we brought up already. That mm-hmm. that like the, these words like kind and gentle mm-hmm. are also viewed as negative, right? Since when? <laughs> so, so well, I, I mean, this is the problem, right? Like, and so th- this whole the, the 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 toxically masculine side of like this whole argument is that well, you know, if if I'm just going to get her, you know, not harass harass is the bad word, but like it's going to get thrown back at me, I can't even ask a woman out then. Well, you can mm-hmm. right. if you do it respectfully. Right. Right. So I, I keep going back to this whole idea of like, wh- where does this behavior come from? Like, I, yeah. I, I can't in my mind think that it's like basically like because the way it's being described and I, and I you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, that, that there are times where you, you would be at a workplace and um, you would feel very unsafe. If you were closing with a particular person, for example, yeah. yep. I'm not saying you guys specifically, but in general, yeah. mm-hmm. that if you have it set up where it's just you, a 20 year old, 22 year old girl and him, a older manager, yeah, and right. you're the only two closing, well, what's the feeling going to be? Yeah. It's often unsafe and women just have to like learn how to live with that unsafe feeling all the time. Like it, the moment you leave your house. You know, women like I don't mace on your keychain or holding your keys in between your fingers as mm-hmm. you walk to your car. You're always preparing yourself, and you're at least you know for the most part thinking about everybody around you, especially men, what they're doing, what they're looking at, how they could harm you, and like finding ways to escape. Right. <laughs> it's like you're constantly looking for your out or making sure that you have a way to protect yourself or. And we're taught that from a really young age, yeah. um, always how to protect yourself mm-hmm. and to speak up if someone, you know, is being inappropriate with you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard. It's exhausting. Um, I had a friend make a post on Facebook talking about riding their bike to the gym and how they got catcalled at least six times in a one mile radius. And it was it was sickening to them. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's like, can I just ride my bike? Can I just live? Can I just work out? Yeah. And without I'll, being commented on. And I'm sure you feel this too. It's like, why are, 
why are, is that even a, a thing? Like well, catcalling <laughs> pisses me off more than anything. Why are we an object for you to just Google at? Like I'm on my way somewhere. I'm doing something. I have shit to do. Leave me alone. Right. <laughs> like I want the same quiet respect that men get when they walk down the street. Right. You see a guy in a suit and you're like, oh, babe, let me get a <laughs> yeah. piece of that. But trust me, there's times I see a man and looks like a really nice man. Oh, wow. But I would never, ever think to call out to him and right. say that. Right. It's just, yeah, that whole thing. Oh, God. And, I, you know, we don't live in such a big city like New York or Chicago or in mm-hmm. L.A. where you, this happens, I think, a lot more often, though it does happen in Detroit and anywhere. I think that women who live in those cities have to be hella resilient <laughs> yes. to deal with that on the daily because that is tough. Right. Like, it makes you, at least me, I don't know about you, it makes me angry. It makes me angry. It makes my as blood well. boil. I'm like, Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, and I, I think that the point you just brought up about New York, Chicago, and, and lumping Detroit in there. Detroit's a small, big city. Yeah. Right. So the 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 community, especially the hospitality community, is is pretty tight knit. Mm-hmm. So, um, the the tendency to behave in this way, especially as as you know, as a male, uh, seems to me like it would it would come back to bite you in the ass pretty quickly. Is that true? Um, or, or wait, I don't mean to interrupt you, but or do people just jump from place to place and then just kind of shrug it off? I do think some people jump from place to place uh, before they're found out. I also think that a lot of um, in the last few years, bartenders have been glamorized to a certain degree to where um, they think that that kind of behavior is OK and their peers are perpetuating that behavior mm-hmm. instead of calling them out on it. Yeah, they're, like, they're almost protected in that way because they right. know their buddies are going to laugh about it and joke with them about it. And it's like, you know, and maybe some of them don't even realize what they're protecting. But I think, and yeah, that's you hit the nail on the head there for sure. Thanks. <laughs> I think so, for sure. Is that like cele- like a culture of celebrity where they can't like a, they're almost like there's like they're protected almost? yeah they're untouchable because they're yeah. you know they're seen in a light by different people as being this like great person or you know their personality is just this big you know anomaly of they do all the right things mm-hmm. and they're very charismatic and probably for the most part well, you know typically they're good looking <laughs> so uh-huh. they have all these things going for them that somebody when they were to come out would never oh that person could never do that you know what i mean i think that right. Their friends and their people that are in their corner would, you know, just ultimately not believe the person. That goes back to kind of what we talked about before is like women don't go out of their way to report this kind of stuff to ruin somebody's fucking day or their lives. They go out of their way to do this to protect other people and other women from what happened to them. Or they go out of their way to protect other people because they know it will happen to somebody again. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that this tendency for a man to act this way is probably not an isolated incident. I don't think it's isolated ever. So, so I mean, I mean, I'm talking about one, like say mm-hmm. one person specifically, right? So yeah. if, they, uh-huh. if it happened, if someone did it to you, oh, they've done Amanda it before. Did, they've done it before. Sure. Okay, or we'll, so. we'll or we'll do it again. I think, uh-huh. they, I think you so might be too. the starting point or the jump off point, but if somebody starts to behave that way and they aren't called out and they get a pass, they'll probably continue to do it. I agree. In my experience, anyways. Um, and not, not to move from this discussion but there's a there's a uh, a tv a netflix show called mindhunter and um it's about the start of the serial killer unit in uh, the fbi and there was an episode uh that i recently watched that was called the tickler and it was about a pr- principal who was tickling kids feet mm-hmm. um and Creepy. he and that's all he was doing right <laughs> okay. and um like some parents thought it was fine some teachers thought it was weird some pe- t- parents thought it was weird um and, and all i could think the whole time was like if that was my kid or if there was a manager somewhere, like, oh, I'm going to tickle your feet, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Right. Um, 
that's one of the strangest behaviors I could ever think of. Right. So like there's this, like, and and the tendency to continue to do these things, like, yeah. How, why do we normalize that? Like in, in that show or any sort of crappy behavior, why do we, as a, you know, people, not all of us do, but I've been faced with this kind of stuff. I'm like, make a pass or let it go. I'm like, why did I allow that? You know, and I get mad at myself later on. Like I, I allowed the perpetuating of this type of behavior to happen and helped normalize it. You know, and I'm like, it's, yeah, something you don't really think about it until like after the fact, but it's like, why, why? And that's another thing. It's like, you know, why do men behave that way? Why do we also as a culture normalize this sort of behavior? Right. What? Why do we? I don't know. I don't have that answer, but I would love to know. I would really love to know. I, I mean, especially in our like the, the the other thing that jumps out in these stats that that I read earlier was this because the, these are considered low work. The average restaurant employee is considered a low wage worker, as though this is a reason why it's okay, right? And that's shitty for them to even put that in there, in my opinion. Right? Like that, that what you make has nothing to do with how you're harassed. And there's women who probably make six figures who are just as harass and don't say anything Mm -hmm. but why do they you know why do they have to put in there that it's you're making sixteen thousand dollars a year so you're going to get harassed though it's par for the course in our industry and this a problem right that shouldn't have as much to do with this conversation but i think what does have a thing to do the 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 uh the tip part of it Mm. um has there been time where you guys have put up with some shit because you were afraid how it was going to affect your tips absolutely yeah rent to pay got bills to pay Shut up and take their money. <laughs> so shut up and take their money is one of those attitudes that that could be construed as ne- very negative, right, right? Right. Because you're dealing with, you know, I think you said you were a shot girl at some point. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've so every job. <laughs> a, sh- a shot girl, I think specifically, um, or any bartender really. I mean, you had your belly button touch when you were just a bartender, right? Um, not just you know what I'm saying, just a mm-hmm. bartender. Um, but uh, like, there's no kind of protected like you're as a shot girl you're out like walking yeah, the walking crowd in a crowd yeah. of men who are trying to grab me all the time and yeah. i'm carrying a tray of drinks that is very wobbly and you know even wearing yeah. the fake wedding ring at that point i would wear wigs and different clothes so nobody knew who i really was that's cool yeah i was like trying to like a different identity but the money was good and i was young and i was in college like why not you know and i can tolerate and again you just learn to tolerate the bullshit so mm-hmm. you just tolerate it and take the money and go home and Okay, I mean, you know, a couple hundred bucks. All right, go to sleep, do it again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, I think, especially with women in our industry, it's part of the, you know, I started working in restaurants when I was very young in a family's place too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't experience harassment there very often, a couple times from older men, nothing too, too bad. But when I went to move on to like even more corporate places, I experienced more harassment in corporate restaurants than I ever did at family owned restaurants, which is, bizarre and you would think they would have that things set up to protect you in that way but our, the one i worked at didn't so I they know. didn't have an hr in place they did but the oh. hr guy was also just, oh wow yeah it didn't, didn't uh-huh. do us any favors uh-huh. <laughs> um but yeah i don't i don't know adding levels of bureaucracy sometimes doesn't help no no and i think especially because they talk about men mostly men being managers in restaurants which i think is a problem i think more women should be in management positions in restaurants for sure but because it's more men and that hierarchy and the masculinity and those egos, all that is just a deadly storm for them not to know how to handle these types of situations mm-hmm. and handle them incorrectly. And that's just going to make their staff or the people that are going to report not feel confident in their groups or, you know, feel like they can't speak up or they just leave. 
Right. I've, I've been in your shoes too. I've you know been. I was one time followed out of a job by my manager or boss, who I think everyone talked. He's a drunk. He's a drunk. It's fine. He followed me out of my work into another business and harassed me there. Oh <laughs> and I gosh. never went back to that job. I literally quit that night. Yeah. My friends like had to almost beat him up to get him away. Yeah. And then the store that I was at removed him. But I was like almost in tears. I was 18 years old. I'm like, mm-hmm. and he's making comments about my boobs. I'm like, dude, you're a creep. I don't care. Right. I had nothing to do with this. But it was just so uncomfortable. And I was like, whether you're drunk or not, and alcohol just adds to this even it more does. working in a bar. But yeah, I worked at a um, a music store, if you will. Wow. And yeah, the people, men typically just behave inappropriately whenever they're given the chance and opportunity. It's my experience. Yeah. So, so then... If they're not raised correctly in my, yeah, not all men, but most. What What is it like, what is your idea of like a safe place to work in terms of like ideal, what's your ideal work environment then? Um, an all women staff. Yes. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Sign me up. Yes. An all female staff. Um, okay. So, so non men staff. So you're, you're positing that, the, that men are the reason why this all occurs. And, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but that's something. So is there, in the absence of an all women staff, mm-hmm. what kind of training can men go through to make make workplaces safer in general or or more comfortable? Um, I think it would be cool to have someone come in and speak to every new business and even businesses that have been around for a while, um, just on how to respect one another, how to keep people safe, um, how to not overstep boundaries. I think boundaries aren't talked about enough. Um in workplaces or just in regular life, um, you know, someone can hit on you and that can make you feel uncomfortable or someone can make a comment on the way you look and that can make you uncomfortable while those are varying degrees. Um, I think if you talk about your boundaries and what you want to set in place, I think that would make the workplace a lot more safe Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Yeah. I think it's important too, and to that same the same token, is to for maybe managers in restaurants to really take that into consideration and have like a zero tolerance policy for that right. kind of stuff, because that allows everybody who works there to feel safe all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you know the boundaries; the business has set the boundary, right? And you can't. There's no wiggle room there. You you said these are the rules. You you violated them. You did something inappropriate. You made an advance at somebody which isn't allowed, or whatever that may be. And sorry, you you know your job's gone, or right. whatever that may be, but. I don't know that there's any other safe way to do it other than like the, to the, like you said, like the training and bringing somebody in. I don't know that any other way would have an impact. I well, mean, you could tell, you could sit men down, okay, listen to this thing or watch this video about sexual harassment, but that does nothing. They're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That, that's right. That's not going to yeah, fix gonna change anything. anything. Um, this, this discussion of boundaries though, and you know, I, I know we're up, up against, um, running out of time here, but, um, Boundaries are are rarely ever talked about. I mean, you said you just said that, but but I mean, going back to it, um, what does it mean to talk about boundaries? Like, it, it, like, how do you sit people down and discuss what that means? Or 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 to Sagan's point, do you just lay them out? You just lay them out in a in a handbook or something? I think they should be laid out in a handbook. Okay, I think um, something about having something in black and white um, makes it more solidified in a lot of people's minds. Uh-huh. Um. I don't think there's any issue with someone verbalizing that they have certain boundaries too, but I would go back to having something in black and white and something concrete that you have in your hand, like, Hey, you violated this boundary. We've already, you know, 
said that there's going to be repercussions and consequences for that. Yeah. And go from there. Mm -hmm. And then in your experience too, like, have you ever been to that point where your boundaries have been crossed? Like, and you didn't know how to to bring it up to somebody. Like, what did you do? Like, did you just go to a friend? Because, like, you know, I have my little, like, safe pen, if you will. And right. I feel like I've been violated at work and get angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, like, little, you know, my girls, my tribe that I'll go vent to. Yeah. Like, in your experience, is it the same, just, like, a group of women that you go to? I do have a tribe of women that I um, refer to. But, um, so, another story, for uh, instance, I had this guy one time. Smack my ass so hard I jumped up like three feet. Oh my gosh. And I, again, didn't see it coming. I was completely caught off guard. And I had this kind of like blackout moment of rage. And I was like, wow. So I like walked around the bar. He was sitting at the bar and we had these really heavy stools. And I waited for him to put his glass up to his lips. And I grabbed the back of the stool (laughs) and he hit his teeth with the pint glass. And he was like, what the fuck? And I was like, back at you yeah i was like i'm not a prostitute you don't just get to put your hands on me like that's wildly inappropriate and i don't respect that yeah and i don't respect you and if you do that again like there's gonna be issues and i had to take it into my own hands at that point yeah he was also friends with you know the management he was a regular he came in like three times a week Mm -hmm. so as far as him you know being banned or something i don't think that would have been one of the repercussions so yeah. Yeah. to back to the point of someone be not behaving out like in a vacuum right so he's probably done that to people at that bar outside of you mm-hmm. at that and same I think bar they probably just laughed it off but you just said it was so hard that you jumped three feet yeah. so th- there's nothing to laugh at. that that's that's inflicting like pain, pain. yeah that's not. That's there's like nothing considered no, assault. I think. I, I, I mean, or battery. One of the assault. two. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. incredibly upsetting. Mm-hmm. I I don't even like. In what? <laughs> in what world? I, yeah. And, it, and yeah. I love that we're even having this conversation, and I think it's really again just important to have this conversation. But I mm-hmm. love that your reactions as a man, you're like, wait, what? This, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're flabbergasted, and it's it's great to to see that because i think a lot of people listening will probably feel the same way right but stuff like that happens every it single happens every day. day yeah so i and, and i and okay so we've talked a lot about extreme behaviors i want to talk about like more if we can and maybe these are after hypothetical fine but smaller behaviors mm-hmm. that can be shrugged like oh i didn't know was that like smacking you on the ass really hard yeah. mm-hmm. is very obviously what it is touching your belly button is very obvious right um Backing you into a corner if you're alone at close is very obvious. Mm-hmm. What are what are smaller behaviors that are that make the workplace uncomfortable? I think um, private messaging people late at night uh, after closing with them. I think you know texting late at night w- w- without prior right uh, permission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, can I text you later? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Right. Just doing it out of the blue or like randomly. That's what I think just about. doing it out of the blue okay. at three, four in the morning kind of is a thinly veiled attempt at, you know, a booty call or whatever. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And even like the comments like on Instagram where like some some guy will just, like you just post a picture, whether it's a selfie or not. Sometimes you don't want to post a selfie for guys to drool over. You want to mm-hmm. post it because you feel confident and you feel good as a woman. And it shouldn't be that you're being objectified. But the creepy, you know, oh, you look so hot or you're a dime or even like the guy's. 
and I don't want to say it's just in the kitchen, but in my experience, kitchen guys will make small comments like, damn, girl, you look good today, or mm-hmm. things like that. It's like, just to keep your mouth shut. If you have nothing nice to say, keep your mouth shut. Like, <laughs> you know? as you're like walking through or yeah, something? Yeah, like I could have a whole tray of food in my hand and some guy would make a comment about like what I was wearing. And I, I, you know, it's just like, why would you do that? I had to work at a job one time that I had to wear what I would call like a skimpy referee uniform, which is, it should have been a red flag to begin with. <laughs> but I needed the money and it was a job at the time. So I took it. And everyone I worked with was great. The managers were great. They were very kind and respectful, but the staff, or not the staff, the customers were awful. Mm-hmm. And then I eventually quit and, you know, I didn't stay there very long. But even just wearing that that outfit, you know, and I didn't think about it till later because I was in my early 20s. Um, I didn't think about it till later. But it's like you're just asking for women to be harassed by putting them in these situations. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, um, but I, I think, you know, the, the little comments that people make when they work together. Um, yeah, definitely the texting would be wildly inappropriate. But there's so many. It's like it's, I can't even rack my brain because there's so many things on a daily basis, like inappropriately said or touched. Oh, I hate when you like a guy will come up and like touch you on the shoulder like whether it's a coworker or not and do like one of these and like rub your back like don't touch me i didn't give you permission right. to touch me and i think so often that you know you can shrug out of it and like you know <laughs> work your way around the person but it's just why do men feel like they have that that power or that oh, it's okay to do that and it's much different w- when you're tapping someone on the shoulder to get their attention you yes. can or you could just say excuse and, me any excuse right me. <laughs> any behind. human yeah, any behind. human knows <laughs> the difference between that like yeah. creepy mm-hmm. shoulder rub thing or just a simple tap on the shoulder yeah. you know yeah um okay so i always love the rule aprons on hands off <laughs> oh, i've never heard that before <laughs> we like to use that at our restaurants uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay so uh places where people can get help. Yeah. So I, I think it's really important too to let these resources be known. If anybody's feeling they're being harassed or need to talk to somebody, whether it's just harassment or sexual assault, any of those things, I think that um, a couple of my favorites, the local um, ones that I love, are Haven and Turning Point. And Haven is Oakland County's um, sexual assault, sexual violence, domestic violence. Uh, I don't even know the proper words right now. I'm losing my train of thought, but they do that here in Oakland County. And then Turning Point is basically the same thing for Macomb County. And they have counselors that are available all the time in support groups and just you can just call and talk it's really mm-hmm. they do a lot of really great work and you had one too right yeah um sasha sasha center they deal uh-huh. with um sexual assault rape and uh sexual harassment and they have different uh clinical social workers on site that you can speak with they uh specialize in doing more of like a holistic healing so Love that's them. yeah. So that's really cool. Are they in Detroit? Yes. Cool. So I have the three websites for those these uh, three places. So uh, Sasha Center is uh, SashaCenter dot org. So it's s a s a s h a c e n t e r dot org. Then uh, Haven is uh, Haven hyphen Oakland dot org. So it's h a v e n hyphen o a k l l a n d dot org and then turning point is turning point macomb dot org that's t u r n i n g p o i n t m a c o m b dot org um and then also melanie you talked about having a tribe so um that's just a, a group of women and, and sagan i think you talked about that as well you mm-hmm. guys have like, confidants or just friends or whatever Absolutely. that you can go to mm-hmm. um and I think that's also incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Especially going, you know, when you decide that you maybe are ready or not ready to talk about it, it's definitely, you need support. 
whether it's, you know, your boyfriend or your parents or other coworkers or your friends, like you need people to talk to you to have your back and know that they believe you before you can talk to anybody else. Mm -hmm. It's like the first step, if you will, in my experience. Yeah. And therapy. Therapy helps. Yes. I didn't discover that until my 30s, but (laughs) I'm happy that I did. Oh, yeah. And same. I've been going to therapy for years and, and there's there's no shame. No, in therapy, I go every other week. <laughs> yeah, um, just to emphasize that, like, if, if you're able to afford therapy, um, yeah. and, therapy, and, and these and these three um, places will also point you in the right direction, probably for affordable therapy, yes, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thank you guys very much, thank both you. of you for being here talking about this topic. All right, Thanks we for we can all do conversation with us. Oh, you're welcome, <laughs> and we can all do better. <laughs>